This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Take a shot! Swindon won and last time we had you on we were talking Kent Brockman wondering whether it was the time to panic so I'm glad I've got you on after a victory thanks for coming back yeah it's it's, it's good to be to be on after a victory I think looking back those those heady days at the end of summer maybe a bit bit pessimistic maybe I'm too um, flip-floppy like the weather I don't know but it's definitely there's a much more positive vibe um in and around Swindon Town Football Club at the minute than there was even a month or so ago. So long may it continue. Yeah, a lovely use of in and around, which we'll be <laughs> using again a little later on. For me, yesterday before the game, felt like that scene at the end of Titanic where Kate Winslet is walking up those stairs towards <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio because I just got out of the, off the train and then I see Ben Wills of Ben Wills, Newport County. So I walk with him and then I get into the ground. I get in really early, unnecessarily early, much l- earlier than I usually do. And then I see Dave, you, and I talk to you and then I see JR. It's like, All the characters from the pod, uh, other than the ones that weren't there, uh, were emerging. It was lovely. Yeah, it was proper um, like an Avengers ensemble night, wasn't it? Um, I like that you miss out the fact that you watched me walk all the way to the top of the um, Don Rogers stand, shouted at me Mm -hmm. for about 
six, seven rows in front and then made me walk all the way down again and then back up all the way uh, to the top afterwards, carrying my carrying my delicious um, pasty as I did. But it was yeah. a it was it was a good way to good way to start the night. I'll admit. You forgot that I was also doing hand gestures at you. Uh, yeah, but um, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is terribly self indulgent, but I'm going to entertain it for a little while longer. It was a privilege pre game pre football, Dave, to talk Broadway with you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We like to it's a it's a highbrow level of conversation. Um, some good. Uh, memories of of shows that we've seen and the singing and the dancing and that's that's just from what you see in the town end on a at half time isn't it oh bing bing whoosh whoosh um <laughs> i would absolutely love the town end to be like the uh, the ensemble from the book of mormon or something like that that would just be absolutely thrilling um to to take (laughs) to take it back into more football uh conversation uh how was that pasty it was good i don't normally eat a lot of food at at football um so it was was a rare experience for me but i'll i'd give it a very very solid eight or nine out of ten is it okay the purchasing experience was was seamless um Mm. cornish pasty company i think they're called aren't they and i mean I mean, you don't give yourself that name if you don't know what you're doing around a pasty. And uh, I think all credit to them, they do. I went for the uh, chicken, bacon and leek, I think it was. Um, nice. Variety. Pastry was a bit thick on the crust, the little um, the little knobbly bit that you get on a pasty. Um, so maybe a mark off for that. But the filling, the the flavours that come through that they can get out of a, out of a pre-made um, fancy microwave pasty is, is all credit to them. Um, so yeah, if you're if you listen to this, and even if you're not hungry, treat yourself treat yourself to a um, a Cornish pasty from within the concourses of Swindon Town Football Club. Yeah, I think the phrase "if you're listening to this" is doing a lot of heavy lifting at the moment after the last three minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and sing a, sing a little show tune as you walk back to the seat. We are, if nothing else song and dance men so we, we we move on to the football swinning town um no real major surprises in terms of the starting 11 Bryn in goal obviously in the middle Clayton and Baudry replacing the very injured Angus McDonald we'll talk about that a bit later on Blake Tracy and Hutton in the usual places Reed just in front obviously Darcy and Gladwin just ahead of them on the wings Williams awakening with Jeff got up Front, so no major um, surprises there, and therefore no real conversation, Dave, to have, is there? Um, that's pretty much how I would have expected the lineup to be. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think the McDonald being the only one out, and and Bowdry fits that role of experienced older head to come in and replace him. It was like for like, wasn't it? The, I think the only other one you could have debate was would. Would Khan have been able to come back into the side? But I don't think that it's a hundred percent head and shoulders. He'd have made the seam better. So yeah, can't really can't argue against the eleven that started. Yeah, coming on a bit later on was Shade Khan and Iandolo. Iandolo making his a hundred and fiftieth appearance for Swindon in all competitions. Louis Reed made his fiftieth. So congrats to them. Still no minutes for Aguilar, Lavinia or Brennan, who were the unused subs along with Connor Brand. Okay, so in terms of the opening stages, this, there was a the usual wind tunnel. There was a little bit of a breeze 
at the county grounds. It was raining very lightly, a little bit of zip on the surface. I've no doubt about it. But I present to you the way Swindon started that game showed to me that they had done their scouting to an outstanding uh, standard because I think whether that that pitch was dry, wet or anything in between, the goal, the target was to shoot and threaten Nick Townsend's, the poor old goalkeeper for Newport, because they were exploiting a certain weakness in the Newport County side, which was, alas, him. Would you agree or disagree with that? I think that's I think that's a very astute observation. He um couldn't <laughs> couldn't hold on to any kind of shot that went his way, could he? And um it eventually paid off in the first in the um in the second half. I thought I thought for starting the game, like general general play, we started really well, didn't we? Um mm-hmm. I thought we attacked with a lot of pace, um and were very vibrant. Um, I think Darcy had a shot from long range after about five or six minutes, which kind of set the tone for the rest of his game. And it felt like um, we were out on the front foot and things could get a bit tasty, but softened off a bit, didn't it, as the half wore on. Um, but I still felt that as overall, we were probably the better side, even though we had our ups and downs, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Yeah, I'm tremendously entertained by the fact that Swindon did everything to get the ball in and around Townsend's box. Brilliant. Nice. Thank in you. And around. Yep. How many times is, are we getting a counter up for this? Um, just those two, because the Townsend reference, that's that's all I've got. Oh, that, that went completely over my head. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, and unfortunately for you, this makes the edit. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! So yeah, in and around Townsend's box, the ball doth went. Um, it was. We watch Swindon a lot, don't we? And and we we know how Swindon like to. Over the last two seasons, they like to play the ball about patient football. They were hitting it from distance from the off, and that there was a mild conversation about the surface, but I, I think it was Nick Townsend was the reason for that. Yeah. Um... And it, uh, he didn't even like you. you have, I'm sure they'd have done the scouting and they'd have seen they he had a tendency to spill the ball. But even during the first half itself, there was <clears throat> one example. Hutton put in fairly innocuous cross into the six yard box. <laughs> no one around really Townsend, and he's he's thrown it into his own net, which is going to give you all the um, all the hope and the encouragement to carry on doing what they're doing. Um, from what I can gather, I think they've got. Newport have got a bit of a goalkeeper neck and neck conundrum, a bit like we had at the back end of last year, but um, I'm not sure. A different kind of conundrum though, isn't it? It's a little bit a little bit different to what we had, where we had maybe a luxury. I, I do wonder whether Newport's more of, well, these are our two goalkeepers. Which one? <laughs> Which yeah, one do you want to play? I've I got to be careful, though, because the last time I went in this hard on a on an opposition goalkeeper was Lewis Ward uh, when the wind tunnel got him for Exeter City. So it's okay. I've, I've got to keep going or I've got to congratulate Nick Townsend on joining Swindon in 2023. <laughs> I think I think Lewis Ward might have even been an upgrade on Townsend yesterday. And that's saying something. Ooh. Yeah. 
Meow. Yeah, that's very meowy. Very meowy <laughs> indeed. Yes. <laughs> so I think you're absolutely spot on. The first 15, 20 minutes of the game was... I was suitably entertained. We were we were moving around nicely, and then it sort of slowed down. We didn't get that early goal. Townsend was making errors throughout. We seemed, for the first time in a few years, or since really we've been playing Newport regularly, it's the first time I've seen us play them. And I tend to go to the home and away games where I felt that we were much better than them in terms of yeah. our ability and standard. Usually they're an absolute nuisance, Newport, even in the games that we've won. But that wasn't the case this week, was it? No, we've always they've always felt like a bit of a bogey side, haven't they? Um I mean, even when even when we were good under Wellins, they they came here and beat us and last year they had that um like ninety second minute winner, um, but they were you, you kind of associate them with being hard, um, well drilled and hard to break down, and they weren't really um, either of those things. Um, but they did they did kind of settle into the first half as it wore on and stopped us from playing a little bit. And I mean, it, we did help. the 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 big chance that Newport had in that first half was the. Um, came from the Boundary back pass, wasn't it? So it was entirely self-inflicted from our perspective. Um, and, and maybe if a couple of years ago, if if fates were different, then that's one nil. And it's it's. Um, I mean, I don't know how much stock you put into into things like fate and bogey teams, but like in a in a in another era, that would have been one nil Newport, bish bash bosh, job done. But Bryn came out and um, smothered the ball well. Um, Newport didn't really do much with it, and I don't remember anything else happening in the first half other than that. Yeah, is it is it luck or is this football where you know you make mistakes? Sometimes you get punished for them, sometimes you don't. It feels like we do make a few ricks and have got away with it more than more than usual. I, I, there's no science data to back that up, but there's been a few times this season when I've watched Swindon where I've gone, "Boy, blimey, you've got away with that." Um, whereas in other years it doesn't go our way. I mean, that Newport, they should have scored really in that. Um, there's probably something in the um, cliche that it all averages out over a season. Like there's there's probably there's enough of these things that will go your way and go against them. And I think, I mean, to be fair, um, I think having a very good goalkeeper in Solbrin who saw the danger very quickly, came out very quickly and narrowed the angle, um, did a lot of the hard work in in stopping anything. From going in, um, I don't know. Even even when this might, I might, I don't know. I might just be misremembering. But even when we've been good in inverted commas, it still feels like we've done the odd silly thing here and there, and still live to tell the tale after it. So maybe there is something in you make your own luck and skill and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah. I think Solbrin's clean sheet last night has now equaled what. Lewis Ward achieved in 19 games for Swindon in all comps. I think Sol Brin's done it in in 13, which is, I think, five clean sheets, which I think isn't a major surprise. I mean, he's had a two moments, or he's had a moment in this game where the defenders have, have saved the day, but 
I, I always, it's, isn't it stupid, isn't it? You know, you can wax lyrical about defenders, midfielders and centre forwards. But when you say great things about a goalkeeper, you're always worried about jinxing it. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's just because they've got much, um, much less of a safety net for a mistake, haven't they? Um, but I, he, I've been, I've been incredibly impressed by Bryn. I think he looks like one of our most assured goalkeepers that we've had in uh, quite a like while. Um, he had a, I think, I mean, he, he kept the clean sheet yesterday, but he had a like a couple of hiccups. There was one in the second half where he gave a corner away for no reason, but even then he he made the made the save from the header afterwards. So, I mean, he's doing fantastic guns. I just kind of only hope that. Now that um, Middlesbrough have got rid of mm, Wilder, mm, we don't see the kind of yes, uh, January yeah. shenanigans that we saw last year, but um, out of our hands oh. to a large extent, that, isn't it? As I've said previously, you're completely right, and it was my next question. Um, for those who don't know, somehow Chris Wilder um, was, was sat this week, somehow as in you didn't know that, not, as a, <laughs> not, not that we're experts in the form and... And what goes on at Middlesbrough? So yeah, I, Zach Stefan is their number one, I think, at the moment on loan from Man City. If he goes, then they've got. They've, I mean, I, I would expect Joe Lumley at Reading to be ahead of Sol Brin if they start recalling goalkeepers. Um, so I'm I'm comfortable. The biggest risk I think is Sol Brin getting loaned out to a higher level if he's if he does really well. That's the nature of the beast there's not jinx in it it is what it is you know if if he gets recalled then the club have to find a suitable replacement so um and they won't be fighting it out for another with another goalkeeper because whoever comes in will be number one straight away but yeah EFL is so weird isn't it like Middlesbrough have got players on loan at Swindon, Reading, Bristol Rovers, Aberdeen and Boca Juniors (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) makes no sense does it makes no sense at all that's Um, a WhatsApp group isn't it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how, how's Buenos Aires doing for you, Martin? Um, okay, so really not much to report in in for the rest of that first half, and it it kind of is seems to be the way really with Swindon at home, doesn't it? It's it, it's so encouraging that we're getting all these great results, and the listeners' contributions pretty much say it all, and we'll, we'll get there a bit later on, but. <sighs> It feels like if we're going to go the whole way over the season, we we need to be more clinical and we need to be more attacking and we need to see more goals. Really, I think we're averaging across all the games we played a goal a game, which which is is a minor criticism, but it does need to improve, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if you're going to be critical from yesterday, it's as as you're saying. We yes, we won, we played well, and we deserve to win, but we. Ended up, we, I mean, we, we only scored one goal. We didn't create a billion clear-cut chances. We had a lot of shots, but I wouldn't say we created a lot of clear-cut chances. Most of them were, were long-range efforts like we spoke about. And Newport were a bad side. And if like, if you're being hypercritical, you'd say we maybe we should be doing more against sides like that to give us a bit of comfort that we're able to compete in a better way against teams near the top of the table. Um, more so than we maybe did on Saturday, just gone. Um, I mean, I, 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 like I say, that is being critical. Um, more so than is necessary. It was 
it was a good win in the end of the day and we deserve to win, but we should always try and judge ourselves a bit, not harshly, but um, to try and achieve more, shouldn't we? It's not moaning. It's wanting us to be as good as we can be. And by yeah. that, I mean the final league position, isn't it? This is this is what we're saying here. What I'm saying here isn't a complaint. It's not me whinging. There's no one I would have rather had in that starting 11. I was happy with that. It's just that I want us to get promoted. So, you know, when we're playing teams like Newport in that sort of transition that Newport are going through, I want to bloody batter them. And I'm sure that will come in time. But the three points is the yeah. most important thing. Let's have another little break from the game. It's an episode of Tangents. Halftime was an absolute bloody privilege, wasn't it? That was that was fantastic entertainment. Um... <laughs> I believe it was the Swindon Robins mental health team. And they've, they've played on the pitch at halftime before. Most people are just chatting amongst themselves, watching the game. A few light sort of... Um, applauds and, and oofs and things like that. But for whatever reason, this week, Swindon fans got involved, Newport fans got involved, and it was it was so much fun. It was, yeah. I I think the Newport fans made it to be fair because they were they were getting in right from the off, and it was. I mean, like you see, we have there's those kinds of games all the time, and you just ignore them. But it was it was end to end. It was close. There was lots of skill. There were chances. I think Newport had two extra players, which probably counted towards <laughs> our advantage. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was it was some great entertainment. There was like where the, the noise when Newport scored wasn't wasn't too much um, quieter than what it had been if the if the first eleven had scored. So it was um, it was good. I really good. Yeah, uh, there's not really much more to say. Newport uh, won 1-0, but Swindon had some chances. It was good, and they got a great applause. Yeah, both sides did. It was it was it never mentioned it on the pod before, but there was, like I said, it was just something that night. Maybe it was that we were all very, very bored um, <laughs> in the last five, ten minutes of the first half. Who knows? But it, it warmed us all up, and it, it, was, it was great to see. And <laughs> Is there anything funnier than watching people play football when the sprinklers come on. <laughs> no, it was, it's very mean, that, isn't it? doesn't matter what standard it is, when it happens, very, very funny, but mostly because it's not happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second half then. So it was kind of similar to the first. You get this feeling again because of what had been... There had been warning signs from from the new Newport goalkeeper that errors could be made. Um, and I can't stress it enough. He didn't make a mistake with every blooming thing he did. But when he did make a boo-boo, it was very, very noticeable. And it seemed to be, I wouldn't be surprised if Lindsay said to Darcy and maybe Gladwin, yet again, hit it, rattle him, shoot from distance. If you you know, you don't know if you don't try. And there were two attempts, and then the third, it resulted in a goal. Lovely. Yeah, it, it was a, a very obvious tactic at the start of the second half. Um, and it wasn't so much that the keeper was spilling them; it was he was spilling them right into the middle of the penalty area. Where and, and Jeff Cart he was very good at this, and he it's the first time I've seen him play um, live. Um, but he and you really noticed that he. Does the the age old thing that they 
say all good strikers do, which he follows the shots in for the rebound. And he was doing it all first half and he carried on doing the second half and got his goal in the end because the keeper would just throw it back into the middle. Like the 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 shot that the shot that Darcy had um that that he spilled for Jeff Tot to score, it was like a pea roller going down the middle of the goal and he kind of dived past it almost. I'm not I'd I'd be very I'd be very annoyed if I was a Newport fan. Um I also don't think that that we can let the goal go without acknowledging that it came from a short corner initially. Oh, um, they never work, Dave. They never no, work. I know. I don't. And I, th- I think there was grumbling um, as I want to say it was Gladwin took it. But there was, yeah, I watched it back. Um, short corner, Gladwin to, I was, oh, I, I, won't, I can't remember. I was just making up names, but it was about <laughs> four, or five, four or five passes, gets to Darcy and then, yeah, goal. There is about 35 plus seconds in between the corner and the goal, though, isn't there? I think. But yeah, doesn't matter. But, but Newport, doesn't matter, Newport does it? Didn't touch the ball in that time. They did not. So I, all one phase of play for me, Clive. <laughs> oh, Andy Townsend. We hardly knew you. Um, yeah, lovely. And it is, it's just a little bit of curl. It's, it's, he's, it's not even bounced, but it's got to the goalkeeper. He's made an absolute hash of it. And Jeff Cott scores his second goal for Swindon, and both of them have been. Right place, right time, which is exactly what we needed, and it's exactly what we've got from our forward. Yeah, yeah, he he uh, he, he doesn't look like he he looks like a different kind of central striker than we had last year. In that he doesn't look like he'll be as involved in the build-up play as um, Simpson and Davison were, but he looks a million times more adept at being in the in the right place at the right time to to score. And if we can get chances into him. I've got no doubt that he'll bag 15, 20, maybe even more goals. And then if you've got Wakelin the other side chipping in and hopefully some from midfield, then that's the, that's the goals that we need to to get us up the league. Um, yeah. I, he he looks um, like a, a bit of a throwback, doesn't he? Like he I was saying it to, to my mate. Um, he, like, it, like, Footballers now don't really look like footballers from the seventies when you see like the old shows on ITV two every now and again, like the old match of the days. But I can if you plopped if you plopped um Jeff Cott down on like I don't know, Coventry versus Luton in nineteen eighty two, he wouldn't look out of place. But if you plopped if you plopped Gladwin down there, he he would. Is, is, this, is my point. this this doesn't feel like a compliment. Um, I guess it's not. <laughs> it's I, just I an observation. Jeff Cott has definitely there's got no, a nineties no vibe to him. He's, he's he's making the most of what he's got, and like you say, he's not there to be buzzing around the pitch. He's he's going to put himself in the place where he will uh, look to shoot, and that's what we needed. Like I said, that's what we needed. Exactly, exactly. We're missing goals, and goals is his business. And business is booming. Business is booming indeed. So what else happened in this game? So there's half hour to go when we <laughs> score. Um, we One thing we didn't cover from the first half is there were a couple of bookings early on, one for Gladwin, one for Darcy. I, I was debating with Rich, who I sit next to, whether Gladwin's was a yellow. It seemed very harsh, didn't it? I think I was just like, wow, it is what it is. But um, he was passionate that it was a very harsh yellow card. I think generally, though, the referee, Mr. Wright, did all right. Yeah, I think he did. Um I can't I can't quite remember the Gladwin one. I remember the Darcy one and I know there was a bit of uproar but that was a that was a clear yellow card for me as well. I didn't 
I don't remember too much about the referee's performance, which I guess um, is a good, good thing. thing. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So why? I guess the question I was going to say. So why didn't we put this game to bed? But I think it's more of a case of we 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 decided to just do what we did in the first half. It's like we had our spell and we kind of went back to patient play, didn't we? And we invited Newport in. I remember only a few minutes after the goal, um, there was a corner where Bogle got a header and it was tipped over by yeah. Bryn. The most obvious touch. And it got given a goal kick. So there's your there's your rubbish officiating for you. But guess what? It went our way, so we don't care, do we? Yeah. Uh, Newport really didn't feel like they threatened too much. Bryn was in complete control of that save, which he didn't save. But what happened in the last half hour of the game, other than what happened in the 92nd minute? Because I didn't feel any threat. It was kind of the only concern you have is your own paranoia, isn't it? That Swindon are going to throw away what should be a dead cert three points. But it just seemed very comfortable, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and didn't really feel at any point that Newport would create us any threat. Um, likewise, didn't feel that we we I don't think we did create many um, clear cut chances. The only ones I can really remember, Shade had that shot which he kind of made out of his own making from a from a tight angle, and I think Wakeling had a header from a corner which went over the bar. But I wouldn't say we were um, banging on the door. Like desperate uh, or like going to score any second, but we felt like it felt like we were in control really, and nothing really would go wrong right up until the ninety second minute um, when a long ball catches us out. I, and to be fair, I think I think the um, I think the, the 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 Newport guy might have been offside for that as well. So after praising the referees not 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 two minutes ago, um, <laughs> can't help ourselves, can we? Yeah. Can't help ourselves. <laughs> It's just jogging our memories, aren't we? No, um, yeah. yeah. Um, shall we? Shall we talk about the injury time moment? Because we'll we'll talk about some of the individual performances when we go with man of the match and 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 uh, honourable mentions. I know. I just think I think Hutton has done very very well to save it again, but for the second time also. If Newport player levers that anywhere else it's in and it's not the hardest thing to save off the line and I'm very appreciative of it and he's put himself in the right place but if I'm a Newport fan as well he's got both corners of the goal to go for and he just put it in the middle very odd but what a moment that was yeah and it's it's the kind of moment where us being glass half empty town fans is Watching that and I got that got that Taylor Swift song going through my head. Like, I've, I've seen this film before, <laughs> and I didn't like. Don't let me stop movie. you. Yeah, <laughs> and, but no, it, it was it was cleared off the line, and it, I, 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 yeah, I don't know how he's missed it. I don't know it, how it's great defending. It. I'm not. I'm again. I've, I don't want it to be like, oh yeah, you should have scored it, which is pretty much what I've gone with. But my <laughs> goodness, if if that if that's a Swindon player, I'm I'm asking why he didn't just put his laces yep. through it, yeah. and you know the work it goes wide, maybe it goes over, but he's put it right where our player was and was before he he hit it. It's it we've got away with that, we really yeah. have. Yeah, and it should never have got to that. I guess is the other 
point of view and it's fine lines um, and we've come out the right side of the fine line. But going back to that point um, about if you be if you're being critical, then we should we shouldn't we shouldn't be walking along fine lines. We should be winning games like that out of sight. And so hopefully we'll take the three points and we'll we'll learn from that um, moving forward and start to put games out of sight and not be relying on one nil wins and clearances off the line against against bad sides. Yeah, we scored three against Sutton. We scored three against Rochdale. So we we've got it in us. I, I just, I just, I spent ten minutes pre-recording listeners' contributions, which I very much appreciate. But I don't think I need to read them out because they're all to a person the same rhetoric. Really, really good win. We need to kill these games off. And Darcy and Gladwin were amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, do you, I mean, if you want ten minutes of that, I'm more than happy to give it to you. But, but that—that's what we got, you know. And and it's completely spot on. There's not really much more you can take from this game. That the win was fantastic, a hundred percent deserved. Newport County were lousy. We need to kill these games off because when we do play other teams that we need to win in order to really compete with automatic promotion, and why not? Then we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be more clinical or create more chances. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I I couldn't couldn't say it any better than that. And I I, like I keep coming back to is it's a very good very good win, very solid win. We did what we had to do, and it was a lovely old time. Um, and it was fun because it's fun when we win. But three of our next five games are against teams that are above us, and two of those are away from home. And if we are not more clinical and if we are giving up the same calibre of chances at the back, then better teams will punish us. And if we want to be aiming for promotion this season, because going from where we were last year, anything less than promotion is failure in my eyes, then we've got to be doing a bit better than that. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to those games. Um, I'm not worried about them at all you know I want us to go I think we'll go to Stevenage and give them a a hell of a go Um, I fully expect us to beat Colchester and Hartlepool Um, not out of arrogance out of form out of squads I expect us to beat Colchester Hartlepool Bradford is always a fun one away it's a tough place you know if we win there outstanding but not the end of the world if we don't and the same applies to Mansfield and that takes us to the FA Cup month of November doesn't it where we've only got lit two league games if uh, the weather behaves itself so you know if we come out of October with more positive results than negative then we're going to go into the quiet time of November recharge be able to rotate our squad for for a for an FA Cup side ahead of two league games at home against Tramia and Crew, and I think it will really work in our benefit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's a very, uh, kind of, almost a crucial time coming up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And even if October doesn't go our way, November's lack of fixtures is is a good time to regroup regardless. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll all be watching the World Cup then, so... Yeah, <laughs> we'll be we'll be watching the Johnny Williams show. We'll be all tuning in to see uh, the occasional shot at the Wales bench to see <laughs> our Johnny. <laughs> Just having a great time in the heat. Cover your head, though, mate. So yeah, like like I said, there it was it was a two horse race. 
for man of the match. It has to be said that Hutton got quite a quite a, a decent share of the man of the match votes. Where do you stand on on Hutton at the moment? He's definitely been a bit of improvement. Northampton game aside. He he gets he gets into great positions to put the ball across, and sometimes I can't decide whether he's not finding the right people or the people aren't in for the perfect cross. <laughs> and and defensively, he is improving. I think he looks very good defensively. I think his energy going forward is a real positive, and it's real. It really stood out yesterday, um, particularly in the first half. All of everything we did good came down the right hand side, and he was involved in it. Um, just the the big mark against him is just that final ball at the minute. Um, so many of them just floated into the keeper's arms or near the keeper's arms for him to um, dally around with it or beaten, um, hit, the, hit the head of the first man. Um, and I mean, I, I, he's, a, he's a League Two fullback, isn't he? So if he could... If he could run up and down, defend like Cafu and put a pinpoint cross in, then he wouldn't be playing for us. <laughs> um, but if he can, like, he's still he's still young, isn't he? And yeah. he's definitely he definitely looked a lot better yesterday than he did when I saw him at the start of the season. So, yeah, if he can continue that kind of trajectory and and um, yeah, work um, improve his his delivery, then I think there's a real asset there. Um, we did we have I I swear that. He was touted as having a long throw, but that seems to have Not completely been abandoned. No, it seems to have been completely abandoned. I swear, I swear, I read something from from when we signed him from the Barrow fans that he had a long throw, but I'm I'm still waiting to see that, which is a shame because I've I don't think I've ever seen a town player with a long throw, and it's it would it would really um, excite me. As sad as that sounds. It does sound a little sad, but I appreciate it um, and probably agree with you too. The the marvels of a long throw. Man of the match-wise, it was very much a two-horse race. It was between Ronan Darcy and Ben Gladwin. And counting up the tally, Darcy just about won it by two. Now, I just want to just read out a, a message that you sent at halftime um, to the Low Strangers WhatsApp group. Um, so firstly, congratulations to Ronan Darcy on getting the listeners man of the match. I do wonder if he's going to get the podcast man of the match because he was <laughs> described after 45 minutes as Darcy walking around like a fart in the wind. Explain yourself. <laughs> I just thought he was, I just thought he was ineffectual completely in the first half. I don't think, I don't remember him touching the ball after about 10 minutes until the, after the 10th minute until the second half started. Um, so I stand by that assessment for the first half and I, completely recognised that he came out at the start of the second half and had a lot, a lot of shots from outside the area and those triggered the goal that we scored. Um, he put a lot of effort in. Like he ran around a lot. I just, I don't know, I didn't quite see a man-of-the-match level performance, but I don't think he played... I mean, he improved second half. I don't think he played bad overall. Um, I'd probably... Well, spoiling the link, but I'd probably lean towards Gladwin or Hutton for my man of the match result. Probably Gladwin on the on the balance of it. I think he just he's just oozes pure class at the moment. Um, almost uh, if, if you're going for comparisons, he's he's not playing too dissimilar to the way that Michael Doughty played at the peak of the of the Welling season for me. He was, he was dictating play from deep yesterday in a way that um, few can do um, at this level. And he's he's 
he's matured into such a leader of the of the team as well and he's it's just I just really enjoy seeing it I hope he can carry it on and be a real cult hero um people will always hate him because people uh, have their views but uh, I he's been outstanding and he was outstanding again yesterday for me I think I agree. I think in, if if Ben Gladwin was a hype train, I'd be Francis Bourgeois right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Give us some tones, Ben. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for the tones of Ben Gladwin right now. So I think he gets the podcast man of the match again, fifth time of the season. And I apologise to no one because he's just having a great great season and there was this one bit where he was surging forward and I couldn't decide whether suddenly <laughs> suddenly Ben Gladwin's an Olympian or the defender trying to chase him who was a young lad was the slowest man in the world it was it was it was incredible yeah if you're if you're getting um ran past by Ben Gladwin then you might need to take a look in the mirror because for, for all of his skills um speed and acceleration isn't quite one of them anymore yeah well there we go so darcy gets it from the listeners uh gladwin gets it from the podcast and same as it ever was so there we are we want we want swindon to be more clinical but a little bit of me is happy that we didn't have to go into overdrive ahead of the stevenage game so i'm taking a positive from that too no yeah that's true that's a good way to look at it and back-to-back games um it'd be interesting to see whether Baldry can um, cope with the back-to-back, particularly because uh, it sounds like McDonald's going to be out for a few months, so mm. it might come to was rely it... on Baldry quite a lot. Were we talking, wasn't it 8 to 10, or was it? 8, eight, uh, eight to 10 or 8 to 12, I wasn't quite sure, Ooh. but it's it's definitely in the two to three month range. Oh, so um, Yeah, it is a shame. Um, although, I, I mean, Baldry fits the mold of of experienced head against Clayton but I mean I'll be honest from everything I've seen of Clayton I'm not sure how much hand holding he needs he looks ah yes so yeah. calm and composed and he reads the game so well I mean he he was he was senior player um in I mean it sounds like an oxymoron but he was a senior player in the Liverpool youth setup wasn't he he was captain yeah um so he's he's obviously got leadership capabilities and Maybe, maybe we don't necessarily need a um, experienced archetype just to have to hold hold Clayton's hand through ninety minutes. Maybe if if Bowdry can't cope and if if McDonald isn't fit, then it might not be the might not we might not fall off a cliff completely. I, um, I think I think Clayton is my favourite new player um, yeah. out of the signings. Um, I think he is coolness personified I don't think he needs hand holding at all I think he takes instructions very well and I think what he's learned at Liverpool is is only benefiting us he Baudry made more noticeable errors than Clayton yeah. for which I don't remember Clayton making an error and I, that happens quite a bit you know the, the attacker sometimes gets the best of Clayton from time to time but you know that's that's football I could not be happier with how Tom Clayton has played so far this season no no me neither the thing that it, it what stands out for me is what 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 you often see with um centre-backs that come from the, the like the Premier League academies is that they can rely on their 
physical attributes to get them out of trouble. Um, mm. I mean, taking an example from last year, um, Romani Critchlow, who was a, a solid centre back, but I peg him as you relying on his physicality more than his ability to read the game and using his strength and his pace to dig himself out of trouble. But Clayton doesn't really have any physical attributes. His strengths are entirely in reading the game and knowing what's going to happen. And so having that, um, having that ability at that age, and I mean, I don't know, maybe I, I'm not a nutritionist, but you can just build muscle, can't you? Like he can, he can get stronger and he can get faster within reason, within his up to his capabilities, but. It's a lot easier to do that than than to, to to develop the mental side and the 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 vision and the everything you need to be an actual good centre back. It's it's like they, they say clean shorts, not clean sheets, don't they? For a good centre back. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think football intelligence at this level goes a long way. And yeah, if we if he goes up a level, then they might have to review that, or he'll he might have to review that. But right now at League Two, I think I think the football brain that he's got is enough. In many yeah, ways, and he's that football. He's only what is he twenty twenty one twenty one almost twenty two. Yeah, yeah, but that's even then just having that that level of intelligence at that age. I mean, it, it says a lot, and I think I think I think he'll go on to be a very good player, and hopefully, either by w- <laughs> winning us lots of trophies or by making us lots of money that will benefit in the future from it. Uh, I, I suspect it's the latter, sadly. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, but hopefully the, the money that we generate through selling him will, will create a new squad which will win us something. Um, yeah. But ever the uh, cynic. But that's the reality of, of lower league football. Um, let's hope we get the, the best out of all of this squad. Well, I think that will pretty much do, Dave. It's... it's it's really, really good. Um, we are becoming the kings of Tuesday nights, I'm told. So mm. that that was a stat you pulled out. Where did you steal it from? Uh, from Venkman off of the Town End Forum. So lovely, well done, Venkman. So uh, uh, I don't imagine it includes uh, Papa John's trophy fiction. <laughs> no, I don't think it. I don't think it does. But it's not a bad one. It's, it's, uh, Eleven games unbeaten on a at home on a Tuesday night. Can teams like Newport? Do it on rainy nights in Swindon. The answer is no. Dave, thank you very much. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.